Hello, and welcome to the show where we ask Rita Harrison, the foremost authority on the Willow System, questions from listeners about health, healing, and happiness. My name is Kim Lewis, so let's get started. Hello, Rita. Today we have a general question that has come in from a listener, and the question is, how can I deal with manipulative and verbally abusive people? Manipulation and verbal or energetic or emotional abuse are all over the place. A lot of people don't even realize that they are abused. They just feel empty. They doubt themselves. They feel totally devastated, disconnected, depressed, depleted all the time. And they don't know that it could be the person that's actually in their life no matter if they're a partner or maybe in the workplace or somewhere else, well, that, you know, that person makes it very hard for them. Mm -hmm. And so usually the abusers don't come to sessions, but the abused people come. But when they come, they're actually already devastated or they had like 20 or 30 years of abuse behind them. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? So I would really like to share this information today about manipulation and abuse so that the people who listen and also the person who sent in this question know what to look out for, how to notice that this is abuse, and what to do about it. So we have four forms of abusers. One is the punisher. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm saying he, so I don't mean it with a gender. He says either my way or the highway. So when you don't behave like the punisher wants it, they let you feel it with a punishment, yeah, with a consequence that hurts, and they know exactly what hurts. I know someone who's just like that. Yeah, who is it? (laughs) It's... Oh, no, not who is it, but... (laughs) But it's... It's someone that um, they're they're a married couple, and whenever she doesn't do what he wants, then he takes the money away. The money. The money. Oh, here we go. Yes, and um, it's it's very frustrating for her. So, she, and I'm sure it's both manipulated back and forth, because if it goes both ways, if she doesn't, um, if. If she wants something and he doesn't do it her way, she does the same thing. I think it's a game that they both eventually have played, but that's what you he does. Is uh-huh. He does it with the money. Uh-huh. So it can be, it's good that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So it can be money, it can be affection, caring, mm-hmm. it can be the, the kids. And all those other things. Or, communi- yeah. or communicating yeah. with one another. The silent treatment yes. is punishment too. To ignore somebody, mm-hmm. you know, to ignore somebody hurts more than when you uh, have arguments. True. Yeah, because not being present for another person, that's that goes deeper in the hurt than when you, you know, throw those words around your head mm-hmm. and then you had a storm and after the storm you know everybody can calm down yeah yes so the punisher actually i think the punisher is very is actually easier to identify because they are punishing so that's more obvious mm-hmm. but very often it can also be subtle yes you know mm-hmm. so that you don't feel 
you don't know that this is actually punishment, but you feel it. You feel it, and, and you're the only one who knows. Yes. Nobody else knows because nobody else gets the person in this situation. That's so true. I I think of a, a movie where they were sitting down to dinner, and he got upset with his wife, and she only knew it. The other the other couple did not, but yes. she knew yes. that something was coming yes. after they had dinner. Yes, yes. And this is how they operate, you know, uh, because they have certain expressions in their face, a certain tone, mm -hmm. and nobody else thinks there's something wrong. Exactly. Exactly for the victim, yeah? Yes. So they have that all in common. So the other one is the self-punisher. They do something to themselves to show their victim how badly they were treated. Yeah. So like, take care of me the way I want it, or I will be out of here. I will do something to me. I will kill myself. If oh. you don't stay with me, I will kill myself. If you don't give me the attention that I need, I will be in an accident. I will develop certain diseases. Doesn't that keep you kind of trapped? It's always trapped. That? You know, victim and perpetrator, I call them like this here because it's easier to talk about it when mm -hmm. we have a clear name for it. Of course, we all know there are different shades. Right. Yeah? And, but that would go too far. I w would like to be clearer here in the, in the podcast. Okay. So it's always the case that they have a very deep bonding the victim and the perpetrator. So with the self-punisher, I have an example. Okay. Yeah, for example, my sister, mm -hmm. my older sister, so she felt um, treated unjustly, and she showed my mom by being obese, by eating a lot in front of her. So my mom was always totally dev devastated because she needed, needed to witness how much my sister was eating and my sister did it to show her what she did to her it's because of she mm -hmm. said it's be, it's your fault yeah it's, it's because of fault. you Look, that i'm yeah, eating yes. as much as i am yes but self-punishment so that she couldn't move so that she got sick all those uh, kind of things yeah mm -hmm. this can it's very close to the it can be um mixed up with the sufferer the sufferer does that more in a you know Hmm, guess what you've done to me this time. <laughs> so they don't say it. They, it might be not so obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they just come in into the room with that face, mm -hmm. with that mood, so that there's no doubt. That something's wrong. Absolutely. Yes. And it's your fault. Yes. So the sufferer really, you know, they think they suffer in silence and they sigh and they have their tragedy around them. Uh, just to, until you ask them what's going on. Yeah. So that you, you feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you thinking of somebody? Looks like. No, but I, I, <laughs> I've seen this happen before, so yeah. it, it's very, it's familiar. Yeah. Yes. So what it does is that it actually is a pity because the sufferer they very often have a tragic history behind them. 
mm-hmm. where they need to be acknowledged in their suffering. But because of their behavior, mm-hmm. they really, they are like a repellent, you know, for the flies. Yes. Nobody wants to be close to them. So what they do with their suffering very often is that they really control the whole situation. Yeah. Is it by getting sick? It can be sick, yeah, and it can be... A trip to the hospital? Yes, and this can be also self-punishment, but this can be also uh, suffering, yes. Headaches, migraine, you give me migraine, yeah, you make me throw up, or whatever you would say in English, yeah. So um, it's your fault that I'm... I'm so devastated. It's your fault that I'm in such a bad mood. It's your fault that I feel so depressed. Yeah? That's that's sad. <laughs> yeah. That's really sad. It is sad. Yeah. And the last one is the seducer. Oh. So the seducer, they are very uh, charming, usually, and they use money in the western world it's a lot of money mm-hmm. to buy stuff for their victims or to promise them to buy stuff yeah to get them to do something and to to promise them a certain reward mm-hmm. and it can be money it can be something else you know it can be sex it can be affection it can be all kinds of things and but they only give it when the victims behave in a way that they want them to behave but even when the victims behave in a way that they want mm-hmm. they might withdraw the reward because they just decide that yeah no that's you don't deserve it yeah so they are promising they are very charming seductive mm-hmm. and um then they might just uh, withdraw I kind of, I, this comes to mind, um, child molesters or people like in a position like a coach, mm-hmm. a priest mm-hmm. that takes advantage of mm-hmm. a younger person mm-hmm. yes, or someone that doesn't have like a coach, for example, will, um, take children that don't, uh, have father figures in their lives and get close to them and, um, and take them to ball games and take them out to dinner and seduce them. And then sometimes they do exactly what you say. They'll take it away, and then it becomes very devastating for the child, and he doesn't know what happened. Yes, yes, because they they just do it. It It doesn't have to have anything to do with with nothing. Mm -hmm. That gives them control and power over. So what they all have in common, the abusive people or manipulative people, is they usually feel their anger and they feel treated unjustly. Mm -hmm. So it's really a vicious circle because when you are with them, they tell you a story and they believe it and they make other people around them believe it, that they are the victims. Mm -hmm. They are treated unjustly. And so you need to give them exactly the opposite what you need to give the victims you need to make them see their part of the responsibility because they are not and they wind themselves up in their anger and in their justification why they are allowed to do that to their victims and what the abused people usually have in common is that they feel guilty 
they feel fearful and obligated. Yes. So the abuser don't they don't feel obligated, no. <laughs> you know. No, they they just, have a green card or a free pass for everything. For everything. Yeah. But mm -hmm. act out as the ones who need to be pitied. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the abused people always ask themselves, Oh, what did I do wrong? So they need to understand that they take on too much responsibility. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it is very important to make it conscious to calm them down versus for the abusive people you do the opposite you steer it up and you make them awaken not that I have a lot of positive experience with that because I really must admit most people that come to a session or to the groups or to anything that I offer, mm -hmm. and I can imagine colleagues say the same and other people who, who live in social or work in social services, usually the victims come. Yeah. Yes. And so what is the hardest for the victims is to drop that kind of responsibility because they really think, Oh, maybe there's a little bit of a truth in what this person said about me. Oh, maybe I do need to work on this a little bit more. Yeah, maybe next time I have to say it differently. And so they really have a hard time to drop the responsibility. And if it's a really abusive relationship where it's very unequal, mm -hmm. uneven, mm -hmm. where you have an abuser and a victim, the victim is never responsible. And a lot of people who are around actually encourage the victim to take responsibility. Oh, maybe, yeah, you know, you were a little bit upset the other night when we all went out. Mm -hmm. Let's say you, you were married to, a, to such an abusive husband. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, that you, that you mentioned, nobody sees it except yes. for the, the wife, mm -hmm. what she awaits when she comes home. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, she will be frozen already on the table and everybody thinks she is the problem. Right. including her and of course the perpetrator will always make her the problem until she really behaves in a way that is not her way at all but she behaves in a way that like it was predicted by the perpetrator or like the perpetrator was accusing her all the time of being selfish of being too are aggressive, taking everything too personally, mm -hmm. too being too emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, they they are always too, too, too. So, and the perpetrator makes the victim develop those traits, even though they don't have it. And then they think, oh my God, maybe there is some truth in it because I really did it the other night. I was making a scene in front of all those friends right. and now everybody knows that I have the problem. So the environment encourages this blind spot when a manipulation happens tremendously without noticing it. So what's really devastating is that the victim not just disconnects from themselves, you know, yes. they also disconnect from the people around them more and more and get isolated, isolated, isolated. And those feelings of fear, guilt and duty, you know, it, go, it becomes unbearable until it all breaks down inside them, you know. They usually reach then a point where they have lost the connection to themselves completely if they don't have an ally and what all yeah and how would you get that back how do you get an ally how do you fight that especially if you're like 
in an everyday situation married? I think the people need to know how abuse happens. Okay. So that the first thing is to become aware of it. Because when they think, oh, yeah, this is normal, I just have to live with it, or I have to be more patient, or I have to take some sort of responsibility, or be more quiet, or be more bloomy, or red and blue, and whatever in the face. Yeah, you know, that is exactly what they are doing. They really think they are responsible. So they need to know what's going on. And so we have two, two main groups of perpetrators. The four different types of abusers that I was mentioning before mm-hmm. is something that we all have inside us when we are under stress. Yes. Yeah? Yes. So if you think, oh my God, I'm an abuser, uh, we all have that inside us. With the difference that when we're normal neurotics, I call them normal neurotics, you know, and ends, that are the people who carry the world on their shoulders, mm-hmm. and usually that are the ones who end up being the, the victims because mm-hmm. they take all the responsibility. So when we are normal neurotics and we have stress and we react like a punisher, like a self-punisher, a sufferer, or a seducer, what usually happens is that afterwards we regret it. We have then, oh, our conscience talking to us, was that really necessary? Shouldn't you actually apologize? Shouldn't you do it now? Yes. (laughs) And so on and so on. And so this is the the difference. A normal neurotic person (laughs) takes on then the responsibility for their own misbehavior or explosion or whatever that was in that situation and goes back and and tries to To balance that out. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that I did that that was really wrong or whatever it was so an abusive person will justify why they had the right to do what they you did. know so but they don't feel usually the uh, psychopaths which is one group they don't feel regrets at all and the narcissist which is another group um, they might feel regrets sometimes but they are so empty that they feel they have a right to be filled up all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they really both groups really think they are the the one, the ones who need to be pitied, mm-hmm. and they manage to be pitied by the environment. So what they usually do is, they use a certain kind of behavior, a certain kind of techniques. So it's like a cycle mm-hmm. of five phases. The first is the idealization that, you know, the victim idealizes the perpetrator. Oh, what a nice person because they are all so charming. They know exactly what to say. They have the charisma. They have the Mm -hmm. radiation. Yeah, or radiance, radiance, whatever, radiance, yeah, yes. and the glow, yes, and they know the exactly, because they are very charming, charismatic, and verbally trained, so that's phase one. The phase two is stabilization, so they build a connection to each other, which appears to be stable. Mm-hmm. So now it comes phase three. Okay, so here comes the shark. Um, sudden destabilization. So they take it away. Yes. So you never know what comes next. And this is exactly how they operate with destabilization, confusion, 
fog of not knowing what's really going on. Yeah, this is always a shock for the victim. Always, no matter how trained you are. And I speak out of my own experience because I'm trained, but when it comes to my own, and I'm sitting there, I'm always shocked. Yeah. Yes. And does it create fear as well? Yes, it creates fear. Yeah, mm -hmm. fear, feelings of guilt, obligation. Mm -hmm. Oh, I owe you, and so on. Mm -hmm. Phase four is devaluation, which is then more destabilization. Oh, I didn't tell you enough how bad you are and how unworthy. Let me give you more of the list. And then phase five is a new beginning uh -huh. or you end it. Uh. Usually a lot of people don't end it because no. the normal neurotics really think they have to do with a normal person that's, that thinks like them. Yes. Oh, that, why don't they see it? You know, when I explain it, when I justify myself, when I show her or him how good I am, they will, uh, they will notice it. You can forget that because this game is not set up to be won by anybody but the perpetrator. But the perpetrator. There's no yes. winning. Yeah? yeah. So those f five f f stages can be a never-ending story of horror. Yes, yeah? it sounds like devastating. It is, it is. So the, um, the narcissists, usually you can recognize them mm -hmm. by being driven by envy. They're very jealous people. That type of person would want to keep you isolated from family and from friends, right? The other type too. Oh, yes, yeah. that's true. But what drives the narcissist is different than what drives the psychopath, even though they have a lot of things in common. Yeah. Does the narcissist want to be the center of attention, though? Of course. To where they would want yeah. you to be isolated yeah. from everyone? Yeah, of course. Because the narcissist thinks that because they are so empty, they, they always need to fill that void. But they don't do what it takes to fill it. You know, when they're envious, let's say, their victims is always somebody, also for the psychopath, by the way, is always somebody who has a lot of power, who has a lot of to lose. Mm -hmm. Somebody who is in the light, who is recognized, acknowledged, and respected. People like them. Yes. yes, people like them, they're yes. popular. And this drives the narcissist crazy. So a normal neurotic, when they are envious, they would say, okay, I want that and I do whatever it takes to do that to achieve that too for myself. <laughs> the narcissist doesn't. The narcissist says, Oh, I want that. And what I can't have, because they don't feel like they can do it. Yeah, really? Mm -hmm. You can't have either. So they destroy they the just, other one, mm -hmm. what they think they can't have. Yeah, so they put them down and they, they suck them out with the energy. And this is, this is a never-ending story. Huh. Yeah. And very often they are then charming again mm -hmm. when it goes through those phases, just in order to take it away again. And little by little you get broken down yes. more and more. Yes, and the victim thinks, oh, look, he's charming again, or she. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, now they understand, forget it. They're only charming because they want to feed you in order to take it away from you anymore. Because when you're not a, a, you know, a fat pig, mm -hmm. they are not fat afterwards. And they have to feed the pig in order to slaughter it, 
Sorry, that's a very German. That's, that's, no, that's a very <laughs> good <tough> analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So the psychopath is similar but different. So what drives the psychopath is life is a game. I'm superior anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they all have no no idea. Yeah, I'm so, so I play smart. them. I'm the smartest. Yeah, and they have pity. They have pity. You know, oh, this poor little stupid. A woman or man, yeah, yeah, I can cook you for breakfast, yeah. So <laughs> because I'm so good, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot with the seduction. They have no re- regrets at all. Sometimes the narcissists have regrets, but that doesn't help um, unless they work on themselves and try to to make it right. But what what is the the thing is that all the victims also carry the same uh, or a similar. Um, attitude or emotional state or pattern inside them. Mm -hmm. So they are characterized by the good girl syndrome or you can say good boy syndrome. I have to be a certain way. Yeah. Yes. They are afraid of conflicts. They take too much responsibility. They have this rescue syndrome or Stockholm syndrome where they feel they have to be on somebody's side who is to be pitied. Yeah, they don't know that the other one is not to be pitied. Yeah, because they they are just triggered. They know how to play the game, and it all ends up that usually the abused people can have a lot of uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. They can be totally isolated, devastated, depressed, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Even though, when the situation is over, or especially when the situation is over, it's still there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you found the show helpful. And if you have any questions, please send them to info at willowforyou.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at willow, W-I-L-L-O-W, the number four, the letter U, dot com. Thank you for listening and hope you'll join us next time. We'll be asking Rita about health, healing, and happiness. <laughs>